Maybe you should go and do some contemplating. Hey, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is Rose Buddies. Do you like how casual I was about it? It's like he just sauntered up. No big deal. Rachel, before we get started talking about this ex- this thrilling and exciting Women Tell All episode, I was wondering if you had something that you wanted to apologize for. Uh, on last week's episode, I was meaning to discuss uh, the, quote, long talk. So you can say it. So you can't say the damn words. And what came out of my mouth was not long talks. That sentence was almost dubious. I'm going to pull a Chris Harrison right now on you. I'm just going to sit here and just be like... Was that tough? Was that tough for you? (laughs) Was that tough for me? Yes. Yes, it was very tough. I received a lot of uh, Twitter and Facebook comments. Just want to say big ups to everybody who tweeted at me and my my dearest (laughs) beloved... Uh, the words long cocks. Uh, a lot of you got very bold with your Twitter, <laughs> Twitter interactions. <laughs> yeah. Not exactly sure how I feel about it, but I'm going to say, at the end of the day, I guess neutral. Yeah, and you did incite that rebellion, to be fair, with your clever editing. Um, you can't edit what's not there, though. That's the editor's Well, oath. no, but you replayed it. Yep. Several times. But you, there would be nothing to replay if you hadn't said it in the first place. So I guess agree to disagree... But thank you for your apology. It means a lot to me. Was it tough for you to apologize? It was tough for me to apologize because I was very sure that I didn't say that until I heard it over and over again and got it hashtagged at me repeatedly. Just oh, just relentlessly. Gang, if this is your first season watching The Bachelor, first of all, let me say I rescind the things I said about it being a not great season early on. Some of the women were stinkeroos, and I think that holds up just like look at like panning over the crowd at the women tell all because like... I didn't recognize basically half of them. Um, there was a woman there who's, who was like Ainsley, and then in quotation mark, Ains. As if to say, like, <laughs> you know, you know, you know her. I, let, me, let me describe what the women tell all is. Please do. We still have people that listen to our show that do not Don't actually watch, watch the television program. So every year, regardless of it, whether it's Bachelor or Bachelorette, and I think they do it for Bachelor in Paradise, too. But they don't call it men tell all or women no, tell they all. No, they just fucking line them all it's up. It's like a reunion. Front, they line them all up in front of a big wall and just hose them all off. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the reunion of If only hosing would get them clean. There's, no, there's, a, um, there's a spiritual dirt. The episode before the finale is always an opportunity for eliminated contestants to come back and interrogate each other and the bachelor or bachelorette. Correct. And so that's what this episode was. It was a rowdy one. Um, and you know what? Actually, it wasn't even that rowdy. No, it was, it was yeah. rowdy in the sense that there were barnyard animals in the mix. There was. The chicken enthusiast was back with a chicken named Sheila. Oh, cool, cool, cool. That's a cute prop. I don't remember you. I don't remember your fucking quirk. You don't remember the chicken enthusiast? Like, that when was When I saw quirk. a woman holding a chicken, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember there was a chicken enthusiast in the mix. I, I don't know her fucking name right now. I couldn't tell you. Tell me your name. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, her name. see? We knew there was somebody who was into poultry, like, in the squad, but we didn't know her name. We didn't know, like, no. oh, she yeah. She got eliminated first night, I think. Yeah, she did. A lot of women did. Yeah. But they still came back. Oh, but not everybody was there, which was weird. Red Velvet. Who? Red Velvet wasn't up in Oh, the you're right. Yeah, Laura. See, I remember her because she had the nickname Red Velvet, and I was like, that's great. Yeah, 
Yeah, I wonder where she was. I wonder where she went to. Doesn't hmm. seem like it seems like the Bachelor contract keeps you on a pretty short leash. Visa V reunion shows. Um, anyway, what I wanted to say earlier is if this is your first season watching The Bachelor, I am overjoyed um, that now you know what's up with Chris Harrison. Now you yeah. know why Chris Harrison is like the absolute best in the biz. Uh, and he's so great. And I honestly, it's gotten to the point where he's in this, the episodes like so rarely, so infrequently, and for such a short span of time, usually for the three sentences that we usually say at the end of our show, um, that like I forget. And then Bachelor Women Tell All, and after the final rose, I'm like, fuck, this guy's good. He's so good at like, he's like jazz, baby, because it's all about the questions he doesn't ask. <laughs> it's true. He's really good at drawing people out. You know, they'll make one comment or they'll reveal one particularly vulnerable moment, and he will probe. And he gets them to say things. Which is essential. This is a hard show to do that in because the the amount of screen time any given woman gets is, like, not very much. And they try to build these narratives out of, like, very, very, very little actual spoken word content. And so, like, there's actually some realness in this episode. And we're going to get to everything. I just, like, I just wanted to offer some quick thoughts right up at the top. Just, like, you know, do, do, just do it raw while it's mm-hmm. still – the emotions are so raw in me. But, like, both Lace and Olivia – kind of like got real in a sense of like this show's like hard and weird to be on yeah. like i didn't know what i was doing and jubilee too jubilee too and like it, it sort of like really laid bare the fact that like this show probably is wicked hard and weird to be on and it it must it's it's hard for the contestants obviously as they talked about tonight how hard is it for the host to like keep those narratives going with these like absolutely threadbare like character development, if you want to call it that, and yet Chris Harrison can get you there. Chris, when you interview Chris Harrison, it's a collaborative effort of him. Like, I'm gonna get that tear out your eye. I'm gonna get yeah. that tear out your eye. Oh, yeah. he's so good. Yeah, he he got contestants to say things and to articulate themselves better than I think they even knew they could. Yeah, it's incredible. Somebody sent a screenshot of him next to the host, uh, the Stanley Tucci part from Hunger Games. Yeah, I don't know the guy's name, but. I can see it. I can see yeah. it. Same way they'd be like, how did that make... Was it hard killing your boyfriend? <laughs> uh, anyway, Women Tell All. It's going to be kind of scattershot. It's not a traditional episode. I think what we decided is we'll try and just kind of focus on the... I mean, the the episode kind of does this, too. There's some random thoughts here and there. But it mainly focuses on, like, the big dramas. Yeah, exactly. Like, they do, at the very beginning, they show, like, a montage of, like, here are all the big controversial moments. And so you get to see Leah uh, ratting out Lauren B. Yeah. You get to see all of Olivia's, like, big mouth moments. You get to see everybody, like, trying to co- Jubilee. coerce Jubilee into, like, having these conversations she doesn't want to have. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get, got to that, something we talked about tonight that I hadn't really thought of before. In every one of these specials, they always do a, let's go out into Bachelor Nation. Chris and the Bachelor Bachelorette goes to viewing parties and, like, gets together and hangs out with them. And they always talk about, like, oh, Bachelor Nation, you're so special. Like, nobody watches any other show like this. This is the first time we're really sunk in, like, hey, holy shit. I don't want to. I don't watch any other show like this. No, this is the true. only show I watch like this, and I've watched it like this for like four years. And I wouldn't not like this is the only way that I can watch this show now. How do they do? It? Is it because of these bits where they show other people having viewing parties and it like normalizes it? We really like Griffin and I should probably be on the payroll because we were so insistent. Like when people say like I don't know, maybe I'll come watch with you. We're like no 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 no. You're going to watch, you're going to participate in this fantasy league, and you're going to come back week after week. I look forward to it more than I look forward to any other show. And I think it's like, 
half because like I enjoy the show, but half like the event of like getting together and our friends like potlucking it. By the way, what you cooking? What you cook up? What's cooking up in the bachelor kitchen tonight? Uh, I made a cookie tonight that I've made several times, not for this particular event, but just for general potluck. Uh, I'll recommend it. It's on allrecipes.com. It's titled Mom's Island Treasures. <laughs> uh, the origin of the name, I'm not sure, but it has coconut, chocolate chip, and pecan in cookie form. It's delicious. People Based on the it. ingredients of the name of it, I'm going to say some mom. Well, coconut. Got Well, that also... But I want to think that some mom just got really, dr- like, really tanked and then threw a bunch of sweet stuff in a bowl and turned cookies out of it. And they're like, Mommy, Mommy, what is this? And she's like, Oh, Mom's mom's magical island treasures. I don't think it has a dark past the way you're assuming. I don't think that that story was dark. I think a fun mom made some tasty cookies for her children. And she was on vacation and they were all like, Oh, Mom, you work so hard. <laughs> Why did she sound like a 60-year-old man when you did the impression? Maybe she has a lung thing. <laughs> okay. Now I'm the jerk. <laughs> um, let's get into those fucking tasty-ass dramas. I think the one that gets the kind of the shortest shrift is Leah, and that's the one they start with, is like, Leah, you really sold Lauren B. down the river. How do you feel about that? She tried two unsuccessful pivots. The first was, well, somebody had told me, Psst, a producer, that uh, Lauren B., had said something about me and then went to the went and told the rest of the women about it. Well, no, she said that Lauren B and this sounds so uncharacteristic, like I couldn't buy it. She's like Lauren B was saying that the girls were losers for being upset. Yeah, 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 that's what it was. I was like, that what? was some like yeah, I mean, it's some Donald Trump shit, which like Lauren B is on the exact opposite yeah. end of. This. In fact, if I were, if I were to like draw up a spectrum that Trump is on one side of, Lauren, Lauren B, B would, might yeah. actually be the antithesis of it. No, she'd be on the other um, side. And so it was like, okay, but every woman then confronted you about like talking about this with Ben, and you straight up lied. And she was like, I don't see it that way. And that's way. what Jami jumped in. Jami was like, but you lied, Leah. You lied and when we confronted you. And Leah was like, Jami, you have been gone like, since like yeah, 19. Jami, yeah. There was a weird trend of like Jami and Shoshana. Like, oh my, <laughs> yeah. I think it's time to get, I think America wants Shoshana's taking this. Really fucking Shoshana? Really? Like all you could tell all the women had watched the show back and they like really wanted to be part of the conversation. While we're talking about Shoshana, I don't want to forget it. There was a, uh, a, a a conversation about race that came up later that I thought was like, I thought was interesting. It was certainly yeah. like this show doesn't talk about race, let alone like relationships. Well, between, usually there's only like one minority, let contestant. alone relationships between yeah. two minority races. And, and fucking Shoshana was like, I think I need to get a hand on this ball. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you think that Shoshana, do you think you need to anyway? Uh, yeah, they really don't spend much time out. Also, don't talk about Leah, the black eye. No, I thought for sure. A lot of you pointed out in the Facebook group, when they first teased this season, they show Leah with a black eye, alluding to somebody hitting her. And it never makes an appearance in the series. And I thought for sure, because Chris Harrison said so himself on that other podcast, uh, wow! That he, they were going to address it in the woman tell all, and they didn't. No. So we still do not know why Leah had a black eye. It, I, I mean, yeah. the only thing that gives me gives me some relief is that if literally anything even resembling another woman giving her that black eye, even on accident, had happened, it would have been 
You don't think in the trailer for that episode and the trailer for the episode before it, like, You don't teasing. think there's a lady fight club that happens? There was a lot of, like, weirdly, like, a di- like, there was a lot of, like, teasing, a lot of people talking about things that didn't get captured on camera during this Women Tell All. Yeah. And it was, like, pretty big stuff. And every time I hear something like that, I think, like, well, dog shit, because they're filming you constantly, and... If something like that had happened... They're, they're, they're not filming constantly. Like, I still think it's possible they could have been off in a corner somewhere I guess and that's, not I had guess a that's, camera on them. I guess that's true, but, like, the producers and writers of this show are so... I said writers. That's probably writers. <laughs> um, they're so hungry for, like, scraps. Yeah. That, like, anything... Like, anything. Like, if somebody had actually said the things that people, like, accuse other people of saying, then those people probably would have gone to the producers and been like, you need to hit them up about this Bogota thing that they said. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't know either. Um, um, but, I mean, we can get into it, because Jubilee was next up yes. on the hot seat, which um, is what Chris Harrison calls it. Yeah, I mean, Jubilee stuff, you could probably, like, figure out, like, she said the thing about the helicopter, she was worried about it, anybody else want to go on this date? Ben was late for the date, and she was like, mm-mm, Ben, Ben... Ben's late. Maybe I shouldn't go. I forget exactly what she said. Um, but like, gave him some sass, and I loved it. Loved Jubilee. That was great. Uh, but then uh, Jami and Amber yeah. brought up that Jubilee had, according to them, on several occasions, said something to the effect of, "I am going to be. I'm going to get the furthest that a real black woman has gotten on this show." Suggesting that Jami and uh, Amber, who are mixed race, uh, were not the real black women on the show because yeah. of, by, by nature of the fact that they were mixed race. Yeah, and at first Jubilee out and out denied it. Yeah, she said, I own up to the things I said that offended people on this show, but I don't own the race stuff. That sucks. And so then they cut to commercial and you think, these women are crazy. Jubilee clearly is denying it. And again, I said during that commercial break, like if she had whispered anything even related yeah, to, like even close to that it would have been on the television show especially if she said it with the kind of frequency that these these the women accused her of uh little did i know that uh, yeah then we come back from commercial and jubilee is like well i could see myself saying something about being like the real black girl or bringing diversity to the show or some something to that extent not realizing like that's she was saying that like that's how i characterize myself but like not even realizing that that characterization inherently is offensive to the yeah. the two mixed race she women in the, like, in the same season. She apologized for it, and it seemed to well. really just occur to her while she was on stage, like, oh, oh, that sucks. Yeah, that probably was offensive. Also, to you she both. Uh, she did the I apologize if that offended you. Yeah, which is like yeah, it's jubes, kind of bogus. jubes. Uh, they brought, and that's when Shoshana jumped in and was like, "Oh no, I heard you say it." I also heard you say <laughs> yeah. it. Me, Shoshana. Um, then they actually brought Jubilee up to the couch and yeah. uh, had a, a convo with her. And this is the first time, the first of three times during this episode, where somebody was like, "I don't know how to be on it. Like this show is hard. It's hard to be on." Like, well, and she says the great thing too, which really kind of parts the kimono, if I might use your expression. Please do. Uh, when she's like, you know, I told him my whole family died. It's not like we're going to be like, oh, and let's make out, you know, she's like, but I feel like he really understood me and he had an opportunity when I said that to turn away from me and he didn't, you know, and she's like, I felt like he understood me in a way that people hadn't before. Yes. And she talked a lot about how she's like, she's not somebody you, you get a real strong, good first impression of. You have to get to know her. Um, I would, and I would say that's especially true when compared to the other women on the show. I think ultimately Jubilee went home 
because you compare her level of like just being so completely down to clown from the jump compared to like a Kayla or a Jojo who are like yeah. I mean fucking it's 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 absolutely bonkers that six weeks after meeting a person you would tell them that you love them. That's that's like especially knowing that they are on a reality dating show where they're dating like a bunch of other people. That's inherently like that's 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 nutty. Um, but I feel like there's still people on this show. I mean, when you come on the show, you have to understand, like, that's what you're in for. Like, that's what the show is, is like, this is a dating show and you get this far along in this week by saying, I love you in this point in the, in, in the season. And I think there's still people who come on the show who don't realize that and don't want to play that and don't like, are still like hesitant and not going to be like, I love you in week six. You know what I mean? I feel like Jubilee was one of those people who like, I'm going to treat this like a real relationship out in the real world. And it's like, you yeah. can't, you can't do that. Well, and, and later when Ben comes out, she confronts Ben and she says, you know, it seems like you gave everybody else more of a pass than you gave me. Like with Kayla and Jojo, when they were expressing concerns and being scared, you gave them time and you didn't give me time to kind of figure out how I was feeling. And he was just like, you know, you, when we were in Mexico, like, you really pulled away. And it was early enough that I thought, like, if you're going to pull away now, it's only going to get harder. Yeah, but not only that, like, there's a difference between saying, like, I don't know if I'm ready to love you or not. Like, I'm not ready if I, I don't know if I'm ready to, like, love somebody right now compared to, like, being awkward and uncomfortable around them because, like, it's yeah. just now sinking in that, like, in order to go further in this thing, you have to, like, you got to, like, lean into it in a completely artificial way. Whether or not, like, turns into something real or not is, like, fine, whatever. It could. It still it has for a few folks. But, like, it's not, it's not, that's not the normal way of doing it. And I think there are people who come in and are like, well, I'm just going to treat it like any other thing. And then, of course, you're going to be uncomfortable, like, being tossed into such a, like, artificially intimate well, situation. and that's what's weird about the show. Like, the construct of the show makes women feel like if they can't make this work, they're unlovable, which is something Jubilee says. Like, I just feel like I'm hard to love. Something that Ben also said when he got kicked off. And uh, it's Caitlin's just like, season. in the real world, you meet people, and sometimes it doesn't work, and it's not that anybody does anything wrong, you just don't have the chemistry there. It's which like, was clearly the case with Ben and Jubilee. Like, it just didn't... It wasn't going to go anywhere further. To get in my weekly comparison to professional wrestling, <laughs> because I, I think that, honest to God, I think there's a lot of similarities of, like, you have to believe that it's real a little bit in order to enjoy it, but then you'll also have to appreciate the artifice of it. You have to appreciate the art and the craft of it, right? Them crafting fiction from reality, which I know it, I sound like I'm, like, talking about, like, it's the first reality show ever, but they do it in a, a way that is so, like, pure and non-gamified that it is, is really genuinely fascinating, uh, much like wrestling. Uh, it's it's like Jubilee walked into a wrestling ring and was like, all right, punch fight time. Here we go. Regular old, like, we're fighting in a street. Here, wait, yeah. what's, wait, what are you doing? You're, like, dancing around the ring and you're, like... You're climbing up on some ropes? What are you doing? That's not, like, how a fight works. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like... No, that's a good comparison. Because she... I think she just kind of thought, like, we're going to go at this like people would in the world. And anytime it was, like, remotely, like... Oh, you have to literally compete with these other women. Yeah. She's like, well, that's And that competition isn't just, like, be mean to the other women. It is, like, date this person in this specific televised way. To, yeah. to You gotta, to quote Andre 3000, you gotta play your part. And I think there's people who come on the show who are like, 
I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do that. And they never make it far. I appreciate it. Like, it's interesting watching somebody go at it, like, with a realness to it. And I, I usually actually like those people a lot. Like, I like Jubilee. Um, but you, you don't you don't make it past week four that way. Um, and then we, we do find out that Jubilee has just recently made Sergeant. And she is still in the reserves. And Chris Harrison thanks her for her service. Yeah. And that's the end of that. Waited maybe a little long for that. Well, like, to thank her for her, her service? Yeah, I mean, she's been off the show for a significant amount of time now. Well, what was she supposed to do? Like, come out and immediately he's like, hey, Jubilee. Before we start things off. I don't know. Maybe everybody, the first rose ceremony be like, you don't get a rose this time, but here's a medal of honor. I want President Barack Hussein Obama, and that's still important to me. I know a lot of people have forgot about it, (laughs) to pin a medal on her during his next State of the Union. Lace came out, uh, and Lace has always had a good sense of humor about herself. Because she was on the uh, Bachelor after show Mm -hmm. and was particularly willing to laugh about herself. But we get a lot of footage that I'd kind of forgotten about of, like, her slurring her words. Yeah, that first night she was a mess. She was sloppy. Yeah, and just That's when we picked her, we picked her up because we thought, crazy. We, we thought we were going to get quote-unquote bad girl points from her. Yeah. When really, she was just kind of a mess. I, I said it, I think in episode two, like, Lace is not... The, and I said it about Olivia, too, but I, it was definitely true of Lace. Of, like, this one is not a villain. Like, she's a woman who's, like, extremely uncomfortable being in this situation. And so she's, like, hyper-mega-awkward and saying, like, a bunch of shit because she doesn't know, like, she doesn't know how to say it. Like, I felt bad for her because it was yeah. like, you are on television. You have no idea how to do this, how to be on this show. Um, she was just self-aware enough to feel, like, weird about it. Yeah. Not like Ashley S., who, like, wasn't self-aware and so didn't realize the crazy stuff she was saying was crazy. Like, But that, in it, but... Not that one's better than the other, because that was pure and beautiful, and she's still one of my favorite contestants I ever played this game. Um, Lace is, just as a reminder, Lace is the one that removed herself early, because mm. her tattoo told her that if you don't love yourself, you can't love anybody else. Now, can I get an amen? Now let the music play. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, uh, she came on the show and like literally said all that stuff. Like, I'm really uncomfortable. I had no idea what I was doing up there. Um... And she was uncomfortable on fucking this. She was uncomfortable here. She was uncomfortable on this thing. That we were talking about how uncomfortable she was during the shit. She was like, yeah, and I really have, like, I called my mom all the time. And my mom is, like, always telling me, like, you've changed so much for the better. It's like, Lace, you're on TV, dog. You don't need to say that to us. What are you talking about? Um, the most memorable moment, though, from Lace's uh, interview was when a, a young gentleman. Oh, boysies. From the audience shouted out. Boise, Idaho. Um, Lace, you are crazy. You're crazy beautiful. And then came up to the stage and revealed what appeared to be a tattoo of her face on his body. We are not confident that that was a permanent inked tattoo. But... He came to the stage, Lace, just like a champ, just laughs and says, like, oh, gosh, thanks. You hand it, sir. Hi. Hi, sir. Hey, sir. This is Griffin McElroy from the podcast Rose Buddies. You had to do that to Lace. You had to pick the person who was least equipped to handle that, like, live TV. Well, not live, but that on camera in front of a live studio audience interaction. You had to do that to Lace. You couldn't have done it to an Olivia or an Amanda or one of the twins. You had to do it to, like, weird, weird, uncomfortable, awkward Lace. Well, he didn't like them. He liked Lace. 
we all like lace. I like lace. Not as much as he does, apparently, but, like, I like lace. But you gotta understand, if you really liked lace, you would treat her like some sort of bird of paradise, where you don't just, like, run up to him and, like, fucking grab onto him. Yeah, so he, he comes on stage, and... Chris Harrison was, like, the MVP, where he's like, she, he was like, can I get a selfie with her? And Chris Harrison was like, yeah, just, you know, don't touch her. And he kept, like, scooting in closer. He's like, yeah. no, don't touch Hey, don't touch her. Don't touch her. He, like, lifted up his shirt and, like, tried to angle his torso uh, so that his tattoo face was next to Lace's face. And they took a picture together. And then right back into the interview, like, nothing happened. He, like, started interviewing Lace again immediately after that. And they acted, like, totally normal. Uh, one last thing that happened with Lace. Oh, uh, Chris Harrison was like, uh, you know, I've got an opportunity for you. Well, he actually, before, immediately before he said, she said, I'm not going to, like, put a ring on my finger until, like, I'm, like, totally cool with myself. And he was like, are you there yet? And she was like, no, I'm not. And he was like, cool. You want to come on another one of our, like, dating things that we do? Yeah, something like that. And, uh... It was Bachelor in Paradise, I should yeah. mention. I just made it sound like he asked her to be the Bachelorette, which would be sick as fuck. Can you imagine her and, like, 30 dudes? Like, mm, uh... <laughs> yeah, like, she would just be drunk, nervous, drunk all the time. Yeah. Like, me at a party where I don't know anybody, but, like, for an entire season of television? Fuck, that would be good. She would be really good. He said, would you like to be on Bachelor in Paradise? And she said, I would like to be on Bachelor yeah, in Paradise. Yeah, no, she said, I would like to go on Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah. So she didn't commit, but she said, like, yeah, you guys give me a call and tell me where to sign. I think she's in. I think she'd be a good yeah. cast member. I think, um, this, I mean, that that environment is so, it's such a great, Bachelor in Paradise is great for so many reasons, incalculable number of reasons, but also because it gives, like, women like her and Ashley S. who, like, just didn't do anything their whole season because they're, like, kind of awkward and uncomfortable and don't really play the game super good. But then you put two of those same people in the room together, and it's like, this is amazing. Like, watching Ashley S. like get her groove on with some dudes was like... Yeah. It was like watching your cool, weird aunt like go on a date. <laughs> it was like, fuck yeah, this rules. Uh, so the next, the next person in the hot seat is Olivia. I would like to say, I think Griffin and I have tried very hard to not be mean-spirited about Olivia... I think we've um, done a pretty good job. I mean, yeah. I did say her mouth was like Galactus, although she said that the mouth stuff was funny yeah. for the most part. I don't think ours fell into like the naughty bad stuff category. I, I have never thought that Olivia was like a cold hearted villain. She's just a weirdo who got some weird direction from the producing staff of this show. Yeah. Um, but she comes on and you can tell that this has been really hard on her. You just said hard on. I'm just saying, is this gonna, is this going to be a weekly thing for you? Is this a habit? Am I going to have to go through and like edit the show? Or am I going to have to put a, a disclaimer at the beginning? Like, hi everybody, this is Griffin. You're about to listen to Rose Buddies. I apologize in advance for all the weird shit my wife's about to say. Like this weird, like aggressively sexual stuff my wife's going to say. I don't know when it started either, but it's it's troubling and it's problematic. Uh, and Olivia says, I I feel kind of like Jubilee does, and that I'm not somebody that you know, it warms up right away. And I'm, I'm somebody that's complicated and that you sure. have to get to know. I mean, you're not an orphan, probably. You're not an orphan army sergeant, but... And then she says, but unlike Jubilee, nobody ever really confronted me. And she's like, well, Emily confronted me once. And then cut to Emily, who is one of the twins, as you'll recall. 
Uh, and she's like motioning feverishly and has two fingers up. And she's like, twice. I told you twice. Like it was like the most outrageous misspeak. She's just like, no, no, no. Olivia, I talked to you twice. Well, and you could just tell in that moment, like, oh, man. Oh, yeah. Like, her entire character on this Haley entire season Haley and Emily just, are just going to go after Olivia yeah. hard. And they did. Yes. Most most folks did. Everyone got a, everyone got up on And on then Olivia. Amanda weighed in. And Amanda's like, you know, you called me teen mom. And being a mom is my jam. She, like... A lot a of little, taking things that Olivia. Spin on a Olivia. lot of things that Olivia said because Olivia said uh, intellectual stuff is my jam, yeah. which is amazing. Um, but a lot of people saying things and twisting it and turning it. Things that Olivia said, and two different people made fun of the talk. Think talk smart. Yeah, things or whatever. Jennifer said we like to read books and talk smart things, which was like a. An and another woman said it too. It's like, yeah. oh, you didn't hear when she also riffed on that yeah. as well. Um, yeah, I, I I don't actually remember a lot from Olivia except for her surprisingly earnest apology at the end there. Yeah, she said like she's like if there was a book about how to go on this show and become friends with 28 women, like I would have read it. She said uh not you know, none of us have been on this, a show where you're supposed to date 28 women. And I was like, oh, except for the two women up there, <laughs> Becca and Amber, Amber. who definitely yeah. definitely do have some experience. Yeah, but you you just, I like, I felt genuinely bad for her because she's like, there's, you know, there's no way to know how to do this. And she's like, you know, and I did a lot of stuff wrong and I, and I regret it. Um, I mean, you got to think about it too. The layers of bad shit that happen on this show are for the, the repercussions for being on this show. The first is the much, much smaller layer of the women can be mean to you and you can be mean to the women. Like maybe you have a comment, maybe you don't, but like. There's more of them than there are of you. You're going to get ganged up on. It'll be a rough time in the house. That's 0.001% of the negative shit that's going to happen to you as a result of being on this show. The other 99.999% is the internet afterwards. And I don't doubt that, like, Olivia, because she was cast poorly and awkwardly as the villain of this season. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine the amount of, like, well, just being a woman on the internet is shitty to begin with. But also, like, in this particular role, like, I can't imagine the mountain of shit that she had, like, un- underwent because of that. And that's, that yeah. is so rough. And she, like, talked about that in no uncertain terms. Like, you know, some of this, that's when she actually said, like, the things that people, like, I've been bullied my whole life. Um, and I was bullied, you know, really bad as a kid. And just, like, the things that people would say after I was on this show, like, the mouth, she said, the mouth stuff. It was funny. Well, most of it was. But like yeah. the things people would say were horrible. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. It's not just this show. You're a person out in the world. And then yeah. people people watch it without this sort of clarity of knowing, like, oh, well, they're kind of playing a part. No, it's a reality game. Maybe I shouldn't fucking tweet horrible people at them because they're people I never meet in my whole life. And their like, livelihood has no bearing or impact on my own. So maybe I shouldn't tweet, like, die at them. There are people who don't do that who don't have that part of their brain and like it must be horrible it must be horrible to be like any sort of public figure at all in the world anymore but especially one that is cast as the villain in a uh uh like a network reality television show. yeah who again never said anything never said anything intentionally bad and the one thing she did say that i can remember was the teen mom thing which she then like doubled down like apologized to amanda like crying like i'm i really am so sorry yeah she was like it was stupid and you could tell she was just like i'm an idiot like i said that and it was dumb which drives home like 
There was no villain this season. There wasn't. Well, I think Emily and Haley, if they no, had been, I, no, they if they had been edited a little differently, yeah. I think they could have been because the way they went after Olivia and the way they did on the season and tonight was cruel. Like they were, they were what they wanted blood. Like they were not satisfied. I know. I, I but again, I'm going to argue for them being just sort of clumsily placed in the roster of this season of the show as like that's their whole identity like that's all they had they had twins and i think everybody realized like well this is nothing like this is nothing you can't get anything out of twins like there's two of you this is what i'm talking about i want to go back to week one griffin and high five myself when i was like the twins thing is fucking nothing they're related they're siblings that's not a fucking identity that sucks that's a bad character if you want to call it that and so like this very first thing they had they attached to and they're still weirdly desperately attached to it despite the fact that's they're not the on thing. the show like, anymore olivia never really did anything from what i can tell that was particularly bad towards them they just like she wasn't an espe- she wasn't especially good like just sort of being a person to the other people in the house i don't think she was like uh aggressive or mean about anything but she was like thoughtless i would say on occasion yeah and like um yeah just thoughtless is a good like the teen mom comment that was a thoughtless dumb thing to say but it wasn't coming from a place of malice that was like but that was every interaction she ever had with anybody um there was no villain. There was no, like, if, if you think that anybody in this season is really bad, go back and watch, like, a Courtney. Yeah. Um, who was, like... she That's but she, Ben's season. The other which, Ben. again, Ben Flujanic, oh, my dad, like, that was still very much a part, right? But she was, like, she leaned in it and went full-blown, like, Corella DeVille, like, Disney villain. Michelle Money was kind of a villain, too. Which is weird. I never watched Michelle Money's season. Yeah. And she came back for Bachelor in Paradise, and I was like, oh, she seems nice. Yeah. No, she would she would go and pull the bachelor away and she would just be like, just send all these other women home. Like all these other women are nothing. It it this again I'm gonna bring up this will be my second wrestling comparison in a single episode. <laughs> but it's like Bray Wyatt is a villain in WWE. He's a big bearded, like Bayou Hillbilly man with a Bayou Hillbilly cult family. But everybody understands, like, he's a wrestler playing a bad role. That doesn't mean you don't like the wrestling anymore, despite the fact that you know that he's, like, been cast in this role. Um, it just makes you appreciate, like, how well he can play it. I think that there was nobody who filled the villain role very well. And, in fact, like, I think they probably realized after casting, like, none of these women are going to fit the villain role especially well. And you watch it. You watch it happen, like, because they, they pivot, right? They went to Lace. They're like, Lace villain time baby own yeah. it own it own it week two she's like no this sucks i'm not doing it and they're like okay uh, uh olivia do it olivia do it i think they went to leah and they're like leah do it yeah. say say that lauren b who's like the, the wifey the front runner uh say that she and that didn't work either like they didn't have a villain this season and they pivoted like so hard trying to find somebody who could be that when like there's nobody there that could have done it like it was it was altogether a uh, i would say somewhat like boring for the most part even though i'm really happy with how the season turned out uh but like nice crew of people there was no villain this season yeah i don't think so either um the last lady that gets some time is kayla and maybe you can explain to me so kayla comes up she's clearly upset she clearly feels like you know she obviously has seen now that ben told the other two women that he he was in love with them and she doesn't understand why he never fell in love with her and how she has all these feelings. And, and it was so hard for her to say that she was in love. And I just, like, felt nothing, man. Like, I was watching her up there, and I knew I was supposed to feel bad for her. 
I just like I can't feel anything when I watch her. Yeah, going back and like listening to last week's episode that we did, and then like thinking about it, and then watching her sort of compilation stuff. Um, I talked about in the last episode, like I feel it was she kind of fizzled out. And now I kind of realize it's not because of the result of what happened. It's not because she went home. It's not because, like, Ben stopped responding to her. It's like I also stopped buying it. Last week was the week where I stopped buying it. Yeah. Um, The one thing she says that I thought was, like, really devastating is, like, she's like, I watched Ben and I watched him look at Lauren and JoJo. And I just wish I had somebody that looked at me that way. Which is just like a heartbreaking thing to say. And I just looked at her and I was just like, I mean, bummer. You know, like I just I like didn't feel bad for her. And I felt like, what has happened to me? <laughs> well, no, I think it has to. I think it is partially from a narrative perspective. Narrative perspective. It was anticlimactic last week. Like f- one hour into this two hour weekly show we watched together. Uh, we knew who was going home. And so we had like all that time to kind of prepare and be like, well, it's not going to happen to Kayla. And yeah. so it wasn't like there was a rose ceremony where they got sent home. And you're like, no, no, not Kayla. No, how could you do this? Yeah. Like, I, I really liked Kayla. And I thought she was like a, she was a good contestant. She filled her role really well. And, you know, I thought they were cute together. I can, I can say that. I, I thought they were cute also, together. It's also Ben is so obviously connected to Lauren B. That yeah. it's just like, you knew Kayla didn't have a shot. And so you're like confused why she thinks she did. <laughs> but go back to the first half of the season and she's the front runner and you're like no one's gonna unseat kayla nobody's gonna unseat kayla i mean it's just how it works sometimes but like i also think like this running joke we have about her being a robot yeah. is first of all not a joke absolutely 100 true she's yeah. a synthetic organism but programmed to be very good at this show and she's great at it apparently not the best or else she would have won but that's neither here nor there um i i think there's some truth to that and like you you don't even have to like you don't even have to try to see pierce through the veil as much as we try to on this show of like what's what's going on behind the scenes and like who's who's following a not a script but at least a storyboard um to realize like oh this person's playing the game they're playing it good um i think she's the most obvious person of just like well, yes. You you can imagine, like, Chris Harrison asks a, a contestant a question, and you think in your mind, like, what would be the quintessential Bachelor contestant answer to this? And it's 100% of the time exactly what Kayla's about to say. Um, I feel like maybe that's, that's kind of grating, and I think it's because uh, I've come around on JoJo a lot, actually, since last week, too. I actually think that they're pretty good together as well i yeah, really like her as a contestant so. and i really like him and lauren b this is the first time i've like i've actually kind of liked both of the final couples it hasn't been like a i still think lauren b is gonna win but i don't think it's gonna be like a a fucking landslide um but i but it's just not there with 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 kayla like it's just not competitive and i think all that stuff kind of comes together to be like you don't care about kayla anymore because you just knew that like this shine had come off the apple and and like it was so telegraphed that she was going home and it wasn't going to work out and that kind of made you realize like I, that how how much she was she yeah was and she also didn't have anything really to hold on to with Ben like obviously she was playing it perfectly and there was something objectively that you could appreciate about their relationship but when it came down to it like what did they have together I mean she smiled a lot. And he seemed to like that. I, I tell you what was more like sort of off-putting for, for me is that 
I kind of came to this realization, and it really, like, especially during her whole, like, weird, awkward send home last week, that she wasn't programmed, and I mean that either literally or figuratively, take it however you want, um, she's very good at playing the game, she's very good at playing the role. The role that she was playing, though, was not the winner of The Bachelor. It was the, and this is every season, this is every single season, the jilted third place Yeah, loser. no, you're right. And I, I tried to phrase it last week, and I did a bad job of it, when I said, like, going home in third place is, like, more austere of a place to go home than second place. But I feel like the runner-up, the second place position, it's like, you're over, you're done with, get out of here. You're like, yeah. you're a loser. You yeah. lost. You lost the game, you didn't get it. Third place is like... You get some time to simmer on that. You get your own like special send off thing. You get a special secret. <laughs> you get to be on the women's law. You get to be on women's law, and you get to talk about it. You get to like you get like a, a weird star treatment that's coming in third place true. that you don't get in second. No, place. that's that's another thing worth mentioning. If you don't watch the show on the women tell all, they sequester the two finalists. They don't come out because you don't want any hint of who's going to win. So they keep those women away from the show. So the only person you get to hear from in that format is the third place finisher. Yeah. So, like, she did everything perfectly that a third-place finisher should do, too. Like, yeah. I, 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 I still think there's something inherently interesting watching somebody like Kayla play the game. The, our group tonight, there were a lot of people who were like, she's just, like, acting. She's just, like, playing it. Like, this is, this is make-believe bullshit. Like, they get upset when they, you know, see through the, the charade a little bit. But I still, like, I kind of game-recognized game. Like, I think she does a great job. Um... And I, I think she's I think she's I think she's fun to watch. Yeah, I think the most interesting thing about her, and she kinda hit on it again tonight, is she just she seems to struggle with opening herself up to somebody and she acts like because she's all wires in there. She acts like Ben was the first time that she was really able to, you know, com- Which, complete that command, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and and so I could see maybe some potential for her as Bachelorette uh, if if she were able to just have that struggle over and over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Chris came out. Or, nope, Chris has been out there the whole time, just, like, charming us all. Doing ben. a great job. It's Ben's time. Ben's time. It's Ben O'Clock. So, and this is the point. They always save it to the end. The The star comes out and is just hammered. By all the contestants. Oh, I thought you were going to say drunk. I was like, no, oh, maybe. Maybe. I mean, Ben Ben has a history. Um, but yeah, he comes out and then all the women have a chance to ask questions. So Kayla asks if her confusion stalled out their relationship. And he's kind of like, no, it was more symptomatic of where we were at and how we weren't progressing. And then Leah is like, I told you, you always like, tell us how you were feeling, and I told you how I was feeling, and then you had to go around well, and... Her thing was interesting, because the first thing that happened when Ben came out is Chris was like, you told two women you loved them. You fucked up, you goon. Um, uh, he didn't say that. These two are desperately in love, and I'm crazy about it. I ship Chris Harrison and Ben Higgins. Uh, but he said, like, you told two women I that you are in love with them. What's up with that? And Ben says, you told me to try to compartmentalize all these different relationships and not compare and contrast it. And so when you do that to the degree that I have done things, then you can fall in love with two women at the same time. That's like how he argued it, which I still think is kind of goofy, but like at least he has some base level justification for it. 
And so Leah's point was, if you've compartmentalized everything, when I came and tattled to you on some made-up, fakey-fake bullshit about Lauren B., why did you go tell Lauren B. about this fakey bullshit lie I told you about? And I was like, Leah... That's the dumbest thing I've ever... Yeah, Ben was like, well, you gave me something that I had to respond to. Like, about another person. And I he had to confront that. And he didn't tell her who said it. Like, when I yeah. came to you and lied, why did you punish me for lying to you about this fake bullshit? Yeah. Uh, it was it was weird. It did not work out the way that Leah wanted it to. And the Axeman shot it down. Um... And Jubilee, Jubilee is like, you know, you told me I had pulled back. And I mentioned that earlier. And then, oh, the one thing Jubilee does say. So Jubilee has a chance to confront him. And Ben says what I mentioned earlier that, you know, well, in Mexico, you pulled away from me. And then she was like, well, you seem to put all the blame on me. You know, it seemed to be like all my fault that things didn't work. And he was like, you know, none of this is blaming. Like, I was lucky to have all of you on this show. Like, it's it's my fault just as much as it is anybody's. You know, and he's like, and I want to make sure that that's clear to everybody. And that was when Griffin and I turned to each other and we were like, Ben should run for political office. He should be the he's president incredible. of <laughs> He's really good. There was not, there were, I, these women tell us, this was the most placid I had ever seen. Because like, a lot of it, like the women were sparring with each other a bit, and we definitely saw that they were like fired up and ready to roll. Like they were ready to sling some sling some arrows. Ben got out there, and then he'd be like, uh, "If you compartmentalize, how come you?" And he's like, "Well, no, that was a different thing." And you know, I, you know, I, you know, and you know, and I, and you know, and I. And she's like, "Yeah, okay, you're yeah, right. no, you're right, and the, I'm wrong." None of the women left angry at Ben. Like anytime they were like, "Well, what was the deal?" And he's like, "Well, here are the three reasons," and they're like. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I made a joke that you should run for politics and you should be taking over that Chris Soles Corn Caucus um, <laughs> because Chris Soles is doing something for corn. I forget what it is. I don't know if he's running to be the mayor of corn. I don't know if During he During the to- Iowa uh, primary... He was he, like, yo, corn, respect. Like, a, we know, we know, we know. commercial for corn. Corn is wicked. It's great. Like, is anybody like, boo, corn... I guess subsidies. I'm still not sure what those are, but like, I understand who needs to argue for corn. Everybody's like really deep into corn right now. Oh, and then he said that harsh thing to Olivia. Olivia's like, oh, I wish we could have gotten a one-on-one together. And Ben was like... I saved those for women I like. Yeah. (laughs) He was like, we were, I was focusing on relationships that were progressing and that I saw a future with, and ours wasn't one of them. (laughs) It's like, whoa. All right. She might have actually been the only person to walk away from the night being like, I feel like Ben was maybe a little rough. Yeah. Um, but that's what I do. But yeah, like, uh, so um, Amanda had an opportunity, and Amanda was just like, um, I just wish you a lot of happiness. And then You're going to be a great dad. You're going to be a great yeah. dad someday. As soon as Amanda started talking, he was like, how are the girls? She was like, oh, they're doing very well. And then turns to Chris, he's like, Kinsley and Charlie, man, they're great. <laughs> that's <laughs> uh, Becca. Becca, Becca says, it was. it's just so good to see your face. God. <laughs> Hey, what? Is, hey, what does Becca and me right now have in common? We're both kind of thirsty. Superwater Zero. Oh, do you have a contractual thing about how many times you have to mention that beverage? Oh, I wanted to make a joke about how Becca was kind of thirsty with that comment. It's good to see your face. 
I've lost this show twice. Oh, Becca. It's really great to see you. I'm a two-time loser of a reality dating show. In the bloopers. They always do bloopers, which are the best. Holy shit. This one was all time. In the bloopers, they show Becca having a conversation with one of the other women. And she's like, I just think that with Chris. And she's like, oh, oh, wrong season. Referring referring to the first season of Chris Souls. That might be the most real shit that happened this whole time. Uh, anybody else say anything? Oh, yeah. Chris said, uh, that, so this, this is all taking place after the finale, after, after he's, you know. No, Ben, Chris asked Ben, like, how are you doing? And Chris, uh, is trying to figure out, you know, like, how are things post finale that we all haven't seen yet? And Ben says, I'm more in love than I've ever been. I would marry that woman tomorrow if I could. And, uh, and then Chris is like. Can I hold you to that? And Ben's like, what? Like, I get married tomorrow? How would that work? <laughs> yeah, hey, I look know. forward to a new, like, super special surprise episode of Rose Buddies tomorrow, <laughs> I guess. Uh, where, and then the finale of this show is going to be very anticlimactic because, like, we know who's going to win because he's married to her. The other thing that was funny is that Chris asked Ben to tell the twins apart. He's like, we've got Emily and Haley here. Which one's which? And Ben nails it. Yeah, Ben, he crushes it. Yeah. Uh, you get them blue burritos, some good shit up in there. We talked about some of them. A lot of large bugs this season. Um, there was a great bit. I may, I rewound it and watched it in slow motion where a cameraman fell in a small, like, hot tub, like, pool uh, at, at one of the uh, destination dates. And the the boom operator behind him grabs his camera from his hands as he falls into the water and saves this like super expensive camera from going into the water and being ruined and probably saves that guy's fucking job and maybe yeah. life. It's the most heroic thing I've seen in a long time. Um, and then Chris and Ben have a real bro out like love. I mean, fest. Chris just says what we're all thinking. Chris literally says, "You know, I'm gonna miss you, man." Mm-hmm. And, and he, says, he says, "I know you don't want to be remembered as the guy who was really good at being on The Bachelor." But you're on the Mount Rushmore. And it's like, wow, yes, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> who else? Who else? Shit. Well, I have very limited. The only the only other person I think deserves to be up Sean. there is Sean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris was, Chris, I thought was still funny just because, like, he was, he was Ill, ill-suited for the TV. But, like, I found him very charming and funny. Maybe Mesnick. Everybody's so excited about Mesnick. I, I didn't see Mesnick. I didn't either. But I think they like people who stay in the family. Yeah, absolutely, sure. Yeah. Um, and then we got a sneak peek of the finale. Yeah. Uh, looks pretty crazy. The the new sort of the big new thing that they showed is the other is JoJo and Lauren B both sort of individually figuring out that Ben is also in love with the other person, and JoJo figures it out in a weird off camera like you just get my subtitles, uh, and he says, "I'm sitting on the bathroom floor with you and." You know, I just I just want you to know that I love you. And he says, but you love, and JoJo says, but you love her too. And he says, yes. And you hear like wailing and gnashing of teeth. And it's like, damn, Axe Man. Yeah. Um, Should we talk about what's going to happen for us with the finale? I mean, I think we should frame it like we're going to need an extra day to really think about things and really digest and really just sort of, because we want to bring you the most sort of, um, like enlightened discussion that we can bring to the table and the finale is just going to be a meaty nug and we're going to need an extra day to chew on that well maybe not even an extra day it depends um it may be up late on tuesday wednesday at the very latest 
But not not the Tuesday morning you've grown accustomed to. No. And you have old long cocks McElroy over here to think for that. I'm going to be visiting my family. What you'll get is some hot takes because I'm going to make my parents watch it with me. You're going to bring your phone. You're going to bring your phone and you're going to use the voice recorder on it. And we're going to inject those into the episode like live Dave and Linda, like shouts i'm totally not gonna do that Do that. you got to it'll be so good at least one what if i write down no at least one get it on the voice recorder i can transfer and edit it into the episode i want at least one dave and linda like thought one one pearl from them and then it'll be a hit and people will love it and then we'll have to do it every season all right i'll think about it it'll be so good (laughs) the people are gonna love it um so yeah uh rachel gets back that tuesday morning after the episode we're gonna record it as quick as we possibly can get it up as quick well, not as quick as we possibly can we're gonna take our time i think it'll be interesting because we'll be watching it separately so we'll see kind of if you and i have the same reaction to yeah. it yeah um but we promise this will never happen again <laughs> i can't actually promise that we yeah. tra- we travel all the fucking time yeah. but um so yeah, we apologize for that. Uh, oh, and should we tell them what we're thinking about for the interim? Uh, oh, we got big plans for the interim. Yeah. So uh, Bachelor, the finale is next week, and then there will be what do you think, like a month? From according to Wikipedia, the next season always starts in May. I don't know when in May, but we'll have at least mm. a full month off. So probably like a month and a half. Yeah. Uh, so there'll be a month and a half. That'll be six weeks of content that you're going to be missing out on. But I think. We got an idea. I think it's a good one. Yeah, we want to stick with our with our wheelhouse, which is clearly reality dating competitions. Mm. Uh, so we have been exploring, and these need to be freely, readily available shows. I'm envisioning kind of a book club thing going on here, where we can talk about what we're going to watch, and then if it's freely, readily available, then anybody can watch yeah. it. Yeah, so we're looking at reality competitions that are on Hulu or Amazon or on... The actual network's website. A lot of people recommend that we watch old seasons of Bachelor and Bachelorette. They are not. Yeah, you can't. They're find like them. nowhere not for free. Yeah, you can like buy them on YouTube for like five bucks a pop. Like, nope. Yeah. Um, but the basically the entire VH1 milieu yeah. of Flavor of Love, I Love New York, Rock of Love, Daisy of Love. I think yeah, is one of them. Yeah, one of them. Um, we're gonna dip into those. We'll probably just do like one episode. For each episode of Rosebuddies. Yeah, talk I've about. never seen any of those shows before, and I don't particularly have an interest in watching the entire season. <laughs> I'm leaving the window open to watch more than one episode, because I think we're going to watch, like, for instance, A Flavor of Love and fall in love There's with it. There's a show and, like, called Basement of Love, too. Starring The Entertainer, right? From, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's um, also something called Paradise Hotel 2 on Hulu. Which, which is very excited. exciting. We're it looks, kind of like, it looks like Bachelor in Paradise. There's a show that our friend Bristol recommended called Are You the One that I actually watched a trailer for, and it looks kind of sick. They do, like, personality tests on everybody and then matches you up based on those personality tests. And that's tests. supposed to be on the MTV website, I think. I think so. So we might be able to watch that. Yeah. Uh, just Rachel has written down on a piece of paper here, Tila Tequila? Question <laughs> mark. So I don't know. It's going to get buck wild in that <laughs> off season. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to figure out how to keep this thing going. There's going to be a, fuck, like a six month long hiatus after Bachelor in Paradise yeah. That we're gonna have to make some very tough decisions. Sorry, but we're not thinking about that right now. We're thinking about the immediate future. How we're gonna keep the ship afloat? We got plans. Mm-hmm. We got big plans. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else? 
We know who the Bachelorette's going to be. Can we talk about the fact that we both know who the Bachelorette's going to be? Like, yeah. we're not going to talk about it on the show we're not until they talk announce about it. it. They'll no. announce it. They, I'm amazed they didn't. It's fucking everywhere. A lot of people tried to post it in the Facebook group, and I appreciate the investigative journalism that went into finding that, but I personally usually don't want to know stuff like that, and I know a lot of people don't, so they haven't announced it. We expect they will soon. We thought they were going to do it tonight. It's amazing they didn't do it tonight. Like, yeah. it's fucking everywhere. Everybody yeah. knows. Um, they'll announce it at the after the final rose yeah. next week, so stay tuned. You'll see it then, and, you know, we can talk about it then, but we don't want to spoil it for you on the show. Yeah. Uh, we have, by the way, we have over 1,500 members in the Facebook You're fucking group kidding me. Mm-mm. It was like 600 two weeks ago. I know. That people, rules. people, man, people have their theories and they, they spread them around and I love it. Oh, it's that Bachelor Nation shit. Like, nobody watches mm-hmm. shows like this. I know. I Griffin and I watch a lot of shows religiously, like Survivor, for example. But we don't we don't get a posse together to watch that. No. Um, although Survivor, I like where it's going this season. Nothing's going to match up against next last season. Last no, season, last season, last season was the best people playing the best game this game has ever seen. This season, people are a little, you know, they're making some rookie mistakes. But, you know, I like some of the characters in there. You want to wrap up? Yes. You want to do it or I'll do it? I don't remember how to do it. I'm Griffin McElroy. I'm Rachel McElroy. When you're ready. Final Rose. Stay with us on this journey of joy. Spoiler alert! She ends up with Soldier Boy. Right, Reese's. Right, Reese's. Thank you. Oh, boy, please, please.